Mission and Operations Coordinator. And if you lived with me, you would know that I love water. I always like to have a wee cup of water with me wherever I go. I love drinking water. I love soaking in water when I get the chance. I love listening to the sound water makes when it crashes against the beach and fizzes up the sand. I love the sound of a river gently tinkling along on a nice summer's day. I love walking along the shore and looking out over water at dusk. And I love when it falls out of the sky as rain and hits a skylight or a tin roof or even better, the fly sheet of a tent. But especially, more than anything else, I love being in the shower. And when I go in there, there's really no telling when I'm going to come out again. And it's a place of real restoration and peace for me. And even Robin and Jill banging on the door or shouting through the door to get out doesn't really disturb my peace. I can deal with that okay. So when we moved to Bali home two years ago, I just automatically assumed I was going to love sea swimming. I couldn't wait to get into sea swimming. I was just going to swim in the sea every day, at least once. I was never going to miss a day. It was going to be fantastic. I'd heard about all of the benefits. I was really looking forward to it. And that was two years ago, and I've been in the water a grand total of twice since we moved. Those two times that I've been in the water, I've really loved it and enjoyed it and found it life-giving. But somehow or another, there's a barrier, there's a problem. It seems like no matter how nice the water looks when I'm driving home from work and how inviting it is or whenever we're out for a walk and I think, yes, today's the day I'm going to go, I go home and I find just about every excuse not to go down. So what's the problem? Why will I not get in the water? Because I love it and I enjoy being in the water. But there's a problem. And the problem is that it's hard getting in. It's really cold getting into the water. And there's a moment there of discomfort. And actually, that moment of discomfort has become like an invisible barrier to me. And I'm missing out on something I know is good and fulfilling and life-giving because I just don't like that little moment of discomfort of getting in. And it's that invisible barrier, that idea of an invisible barrier stopping us doing something that I want to kind of spend a wee bit of time just thinking about this morning. Because I think for a lot of us as Christians, that same barrier exists when it comes to thinking about mission or sharing our faith or talking about our relationship with Jesus, uh, with other people who don't uh, yet know Jesus. And, and we kind of have this moment of discomfort and it puts us off, it becomes this barrier. And I want to look at three ideas this morning that can help us to overcome this barrier. You see, the reason why I said the barrier is invisible is because it doesn't actually exist. There is no physical barrier. It's in our minds. And what the Lord is calling us to do is to actually have a change of mind and to step out in faith with love instead. And instead of stepping away, stepping in, in the place of faith, and when we do that, we find out the secret that every good sea swimmer already knows. That when we, get, when we let go of fear, getting in is actually pretty easy. It's the mental barrier that makes it difficult. If we get rid of that, we can get in pretty easily. And when we get in, the water is beautiful. So the first idea I want to share this morning to help encourage us in this area is that it's not all on you. When you share your faith, when you step out in faith to do mission, it's not all on you. Over the last five weeks, we've been reading through The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. And it's all about how God has five main purposes for our lives. We're planned for God's pleasure. We're formed for God's family. 
We're created to become like Christ. We are shaped for serving God. And the final purpose that we're looking at today is that we're made for mission. This is what God has created us to do. And when we do these things, we find it's life-giving and we step into blessing and other people are blessed through us whenever we do them. The final section of Rick, Rick's book, this, this area of looking at uh, made for a mission, begins with this sentence, and it's really crucial to help us understand our place in mission. It begins with a short sentence. It says this, God is at work in the world and he wants you to join him. And it's worth taking a wee moment just to consider that because often what happens is we begin to go out and doing mission or talking to people and we take it all on ourselves. We think, I've got to come up with exactly the right form of words here. I've got to offer the right prayer. I've got to get in there at exactly the right time. And that's what's going to make the difference for this person. But this sentence reminds us that actually God is at work all over the world every day. Every person we meet, God's working in that person's life in some way or another. And when we take it all on ourselves, we actually step into a place of stress and really unfruitfulness because what we want to do is step out in faith and rely on God's power. And we want to ask him to guide us. So we don't need to get hung up on whether we will say the right thing or, or what type of prayer we're going to offer. Because the reality is that it's not about what we say, it's about being obedient to God. That's what God's going to honor. And, and in that, we're going to see God work in power. The more we let go of fear and take hold of faith, the one who has all the authority will work through us. In the Great Commission in Matthew 28, Jesus says this, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. I've been so encouraged recently to see and hear about people here in this church taking steps of faith and stepping out and overcoming this mental barrier about sharing our faith. It's been really, really good to be part of it and see what the Lord is doing in that. And in that, people are stepping out and they're bringing their gifts and they're not saying, I've got these really amazing gifts they offer. They're just bringing what they have and they're stepping out in faith and the Lord's using them to impact people and we're, we're seeing that happen. And it's so exciting. As Nigel mentioned, yesterday we had the second Living Hope event which took place about 200 meters down the road on a patch of grass where Hamilton House used to stand. And it was an awful day. The wind was howling. The rain looked like it was going to come on at any second. But... The Lord was good and everything that we put up stayed up and it stayed in place and uh, we had a great day and there was loads of people came along from the church. We had over 40 people serving on teams in all sorts of ways. We had people looking after catering and hospitality. We had people doing site building and takedown. We had people doing children's activities and there was a prayer team on site. And then there was a whole bunch of other people who went out into the community and picked up litter and offered prayer for people and looked after the, the gates and the perimeter of the, the site and invited people to come in and share some food with us. And it was just really good. And during the week, there was other people who went out and knocked doors and invited people to come and take part um, and be, be at the barbecue and just to check up on them as a church as well and say, hello, we're your neighbors and, and we'd like to hear how you're doing. And it's great to see also that so many people from the church family came along 
and just got involved in actively welcoming people. They, they didn't have any specific job, but every time somebody walked in, they were there to say hello and point them in the direction of getting a hot dog or whatever. Um, and it's been really encouraging also, aside of those sort of corporately organized things, to hear stories of people in their everyday lives stepping out more and more in faith, to, to bless their neighbors and the people that they work with and the people in their families who don't know Jesus as well. And those things, as I say, have been more in the scattered kind of way, not centrally organized. And um, it's just such good news, really, in these days when there's such bad news around and people are burdened by that, that there's a church and a community of people who are taking their faith in Jesus seriously and trying to walk it out every day and bring blessing to people with no strings attached, to just express their love for God and their love for people in a way that is not asking for anything back. So I just want to share that. I wanted to share that with you this morning to encourage you just to say the Lord is at work amongst us and it's great to be part of it. And I just want to say to you, keep going. Keep going in the Lord. Keep pushing on and taking yourself out to the edges of that comfort zone and, and asking God to just help you and to, to guide you in those things. And remember, it's not all about you. It, it doesn't all hang on what you say or what you do. The more you step out and do this, remember that God is at work in the world and he's working out his plan and that he's just inviting you to step into it and just being obedient and opening yourself up to that is the main thing. And uh, hopefully that will free you and help you not to be so hung up on what you say. And we operate in that in the, in the authority and the power of the one who's been given all authority in heaven and on earth. And his plan has been and is being and will be accomplished. And the Bible says this. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. So the second idea I want to share with you this morning to help encourage you is that your story can change people's lives. If you're a Christian here today, if you've accepted Jesus into your life and you've been filled with the Holy Spirit and united to Christ in faith, you have a story to tell of God's power at work in your life and the difference that that has made. Our stories of God's power aren't all the same, but they're all equally valid. Many people think that their story isn't really that exciting or that dramatic, and they think they have to have a story of kind of great darkness and delight for it to be powerful. But again, it goes back to that same thing. It's not about how or what we say. It's more about offering what we have to God in obedience and seeing him use it. And amazingly, you see that the abstract and small details of your story that you think are completely insignificant, if you ever get a chance to share that, either in a group setting or one-to-one, -one, you could find that that one thing that you didn't think was very important is the thing that someone comes up to you after and says, I, I'm just so glad you said that because that's been haunting me for years. And it, you just see God unlocking people's chains in that with a very small detail. So never think that your story doesn't have power. In God's hands, all of our stories have power. And it's really good to just, to just step into that and be used by God to change someone else's life. So my challenge to you in that is, and my question is, do you know your story? Can you tell your story of what God's done in your life? Because I, I know for me, I thought I knew all the stuff that God had done in my life until I got 
the opportunity to go on a mission trip and I was asked to write my testimony out before I went because we were going to have to use that at some points over the week that we were away. And it sort of asked us to write out what's God done in your life overall and then it said what's he done in the last year and what's he done in the last six months and right up to the last week. And you kind of had to um, note all those things down. And, and what I found when I was doing that was that I just couldn't believe how much stuff, when I started to clarify my thoughts and pray and ask God to show me and remind me of the things he'd done, how much I didn't actually really remember most of my story. I, I didn't carry it around with me. I didn't um, sort of know the full details. And as I started to write it out, I was just overcome by the amount of progress, the amount of change that the Lord had brought about in my life. And, and I know that you would find the same thing if you, if you do this. If you, if you take some time to sit down and pray, and then some more time, a, a different time perhaps, to, to write some of this stuff out, I honestly believe you will be amazed by what God has done in your life. And for me, as I wrote those things out, you know, I just, honestly, the tears started to flow. It was, it was a beautiful thing. And, and I know that I need to do it again because it's been a few years and, and, um, and I kind of know that I'm getting dull on that again. And, and I just want to rec recommend it to you and say, you know, give it, give it a go. Um, because when we do that, when we know our story and we have it in our hand and we're, and we're able to, to really know it inside out and pick the details out of it, and if we pray and ask God to give us an opportunity to use it, you'd be amazed that you will, the Holy Spirit will bring to your mind parts of your story that could really help somebody else in a certain situation. And if you're not really... Um, ready to do that because you haven't clarified your thoughts. I think in that moment you sort of quench the power of the Spirit in that moment. Um, the passage that we read today kind of talks a little bit about this. Peter's writing to a group of Christians who are in exile. They're in a, in a culture that's kind of hostile to them. And he says this to them. He says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. And so there is this element of being prepared, and that's what I'm recommending to you. Know your story. Think about it. Know the gospel facts. Take time to just refresh yourself on the gospel in case you get an opportunity to share that as well. I find I need to do that quite often. And doing that brings confidence. It brings clarity. And I think it, it, it helps us to step into the place of sharing our faith with power in the power of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't always go well, I have to say that. It's not a guaranteed win. You're not definitely gonna sort of operate in power just because you do that. And, and I know that because not so long ago I was working in the office out the back and um, there was a knock at the door and it was quite late at night and I thought, oh no, because I wanted to get home. And um, I opened the door and, and, and I must admit the guy who was standing in front of me just looked super dodgy. And it, and it was kind of dark and I was like, oh, and, and so it, I said hello, and, and he said, look, um, I'm visiting Bangor. I've run out of money, and I need to get back. And it was to quite far away down south in Ireland. So I'm not a very good quick thinker. I don't, I don't think, think that quickly on the spot. So I, I've learned to say to anybody that says something like that, look, can you give me 15 minutes? I've got to get something finished off. Go, go for a wee walk and come back in 15 minutes. And then I go, he said, no problem. And I close the door, and I go inside and think, what am I going to do? And um, I looked up then and found that there was a train leaving in half an hour. He was coming back in 15 minutes, something like that anyway. So he came back and I said, look, I can get 
let's go over to the train station. I'll get you a ticket, and we'll get you on the train, and you get away home, and that'll, that'll be great. And he headed over to the train station, and I met him there, and I got the ticket. And he was really super appreciative. And the whole way there, I'm praying, thinking, this is it, this is it, this is going to be great. I remember my story, remember the gospel. Great, happy days. Got the ticket, give him the ticket. And I was like, right. And uh, there was 10 minutes before the train left. And I thought, perfect, this is my opportunity. So I sort of shuffled about awkwardly. And, and I knew he was waiting for me to go because I'd given him the ticket. And I was still hanging about. And he was sort of looking as if to say, what do you want now? And I said, well, look, you know, um, uh, you know, all the best. And are you are you okay? And he said, Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. Thanks for the ticket. And I was like, Yeah, no, no problem. But um, but I mean, you know, are you are you okay? And he said, Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. And I was like, Okay, I'll <laughs> do. Well, safe home. And and off I went. And as I turned around, I just thought what is wrong with me? And I, I walked out of the train station and got back into the car and I was ridiculing myself the whole way home because I was like, this is meant to be my full-time job. I'm meant to be an evangelist. Like everybody else does this as well as their work. This is my full-time work and that was the best I managed, you know? So I was driving home just feeling like an absolute failure. But on the way home, I just felt the Lord reminding me and saying, hold on a wee second because he doesn't waste anything. He didn't waste that experience and actually he was going to bring some good out of it for me because we had been going through a thing where I was really focused on listening to people and I wanted to really give people an opportunity to speak because I thought I wasn't a very good listener. So that was what I was kind of really focused on. And so I was trying to get him to speak, but he didn't want to speak. And actually, if I had been more switched on, and I think the Lord reminded me, he said, that's the moment that you should have used your story. You should have not looked for something from him. You shouldn't have looked for him to give you something for him to speak. You should have said, can I take a couple of minutes and just tell you a wee bit about why I'm doing this and, and my story around all this? And we could have spent that 10 minutes and, and he might have heard something. But, um, you know, I felt that the Lord wasn't condemning me in that. And that's why I want to share that because the reality is it won't always go well. And many times you'll kind of assess how it went and think that was a failure. But the Lord never wastes anything. And he'll teach you something in that. And, and really, it's just good to remember that this is his plan of salvation that's being worked out from eternity past until its completion in the future. And it doesn't all rest on you. But it is good to know your story. It is good to know your story. So the final thing that I want to share with you, and this kind of probably seems pretty obvious, but it is important to mention it because sometimes we can kind of lose sight of this. But Really, when it comes to sharing your faith and, and, and getting involved in mission, it's all about love. It has to be all about love. Our desire when we share our faith must be fueled by love. If you don't feel necessarily a, a great welling up of love to share your faith or when you're thinking about those things, you know, that's okay because we all have different things going on in our lives, but it's a good thing to pray for. It's good to ask God to give you the ability to love people who are lost and to express your love for him in expressing love to them, to love God and love neighbor in that way. And as we do that, we want to share that wonderful news of Jesus and we want God to get all the glory and honor and praise as he works in power through his people. And we also want to be moved to love our neighbor. And who is our neighbor? Well, it's just about everybody, globally, locally. 
It's everyone we want to express our love to, and we want to express our love especially to our unbelieving neighbors by praying for them faithfully and seeking opportunities to witness to them through our own story, just as we've talked about. And sometimes then by offering prayer to ask someone if, if you can pray for them, can I pray for you? If they're articulating or saying something about pain in their body or sickness, to, to think and be switched on and think, can I offer prayer in this moment? And again, it's about asking God to show us what he is doing, what he's already doing. He's inviting us to step into it. And all we have to do is be open and say, Lord, lead me, show me how to, how to get involved in what you're doing here. But love is really the, the underpinning thing. And that's, that's really the important thing. And we know that love is the essence of the gospel. It says, for God so loved the world that he sent his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That's God's love for the world. And it was because of God's love for the world that Jesus endured the cross to pay the price for our sins so that we could be set free by putting our trust in him. Paul instructs us that if we speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, we're just a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. And that's not much good. The fear that can control us and create a barrier to doing this is driven out by love, by God's love. Some of us may hesitate to get in the water, but everything changes in that moment of hesitation if we see that there's someone in the water that's in trouble because we forget about our comfort and we just think, I've got to get in there and help that person. They're in distress, and that's love, overcoming fear and create an action. And if we pray, we can ask God to give us eyes to see those around us who are in distress and to help us understand how to go in, how to get through the pain barrier and help them. And sure, the only news that brings real healing and real transformation for all of eternity. So in conclusion, I just want to encourage you to go in the power of the Spirit. And you know, have fun with this. It's, it's not all resting on your shoulders. God is doing this work. And step into it with lightness and joy, with a sense of adventure. Dive into that water. It's beautiful. And enjoy it. There's some things you can do. You can, you can pick a number of people, three or four people, and just commit to pray for them every day for a month. And just ask God to show you um, how to step into what he's doing in their lives already and pray that he would bring them to faith, that he would draw them to Jesus and that he would use you to do it or use you in that process. You can ask God for an opportunity to offer prayer or a word of knowledge or to speak to someone about your faith, to share your faith in Jesus. You can ask for boldness and courage. You can ask for opportunities. And you know what happens? See, when you ask for opportunities, I just find you're more switched on and more opportunities come and God opens the way and the whole thing works together. And, you know, I just think that's the place of power for all of us. And the last thing, which is maybe the most important thing, is if you do this, and if something happens, even if it looks like failure and you think that was a complete disaster or if you think it looks like success, we know God kind of doesn't measure it in those metrics. 
but tell us about your experience because I'm really interested in what it would look like for us as a community of Christians to begin to try this stuff in our everyday lives, in the queue at the supermarket, in the queue at the canteen at work or whatever, the water cooler, that we would just try to be open and listen and be guided by God. And as he opens up opportunities for us to step into what he's doing, that we would come back and share that. And in that way, we'd encourage each other. And we would begin to all do this. And that would be a real place of power and openness to seeing God work. And I think that's just really exciting. And it would be a blessing to us as a community here, just the same way as if we get through the pain barrier and go swimming. There's great life and joy to be found there. If you like that kind of thing, I do. Maybe you don't, but... There's, there's joy to be found there. If, if we can get through this together, there's great blessing and joy to be found for us here as a community, being in the center of God's will and also for the community outside as God blesses people through us with the good news of Jesus. So I would just like to pray before I finish. So Lord, we, uh, we thank you that you are at work every moment of every day, Lord, that, that your work has been completed, it is being completed, and it will be completed. Lord, that on the cross you defeated the power of sin and death, and you rose to new life as the firstborn over all creation. Lord, we thank you that all things were made by you and through you and are held together in you. And that you're at work all over the world, Lord, drawing people to yourself, forgiving people's sins, giving them new life, and sending them out to spread this good news far and wide. Lord, we pray that you would give us a fresh sense of being sent with lightness and joy to step into the place of life with you. Life that brings life to others. Lord, we thank you that there were people who shared this good news with us that went forward in your authority and brought us this good news and, and, and that we found new life in you through that. And we pray that you would use us to do that again. Lord, we thank you that you're building your church. So send us again, Lord. Send us out afresh in the power of the Holy Spirit full of love for God and neighbor. In Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen.